I do think that that is a red flag. Though, yeah. I think when I do think like that, I'm like, own... you know what? Like, I'm one of those that like wants the traditional like text me when you're home, walks yeah, on the you side love of the street. A text when you're home. I even do that for you just so you eventually fall in love with me. Oh my god, <laughs> I am. I'm already. There. And it's working. <laughs> Friends by accident. Podcast hosts on purpose. This is what you get when two Canadian women who come from completely different backgrounds serendipitously meet in a Brooklyn apartment. This is Accidental Friends with Aline Degin and Kristen Mandela. All right, baby. We got tasers, keys, and spray. <laughs> oh, my. Ooh. I tried to write a funny intro, but it just didn't really work out. Um, it's also like not that funny of a topic, so I'm trying to bring some levity to it before yeah, we get into it. Yeah, if we don't it, because, laugh, we'll cry. Yeah, 100%, because yeah. today is all about personal safety it's all about the pretty incredulous uh steps we've taken to ensure that we don't get either abducted uh assaulted (laughs) or killed while living in toronto or just anywhere in travel really anywhere that we found our our bodies to be located (laughs) it's a terrible way of putting that okay um but yeah i don't think it's any surprise that uh predominantly women also like queer folks have to go through like a lot of extra steps to ensure yeah physical safety yeah um while kind of just walking around and being a human so we thought it'd be really interesting to go into that today obviously like Aline and I have very different experiences with it but we have some pretty um I guess like tragically funny stories of like the lengths that we've gone to to make sure that we're okay yeah and also just bring uh some light to the fact that there are real steps and real things that we do kind of like unconsciously now. yeah very much so um just to make sure that we can go about the world in a way that keeps ourselves safe and uh yeah have some conversations around that so let's get into it let's do it All right, so let's chat a bit, I think, about like how safety and like how keeping ourselves safe while moving around the world was like introduced to us as young people. Because obviously we've made a lot of jokes about how yeah. like our brothers got <laughs> a lot easier time and totally. stuff like that when it came to like curfews or whatever. What did it look like for you? Like were you introduced to safety like specifically? So I think it's kind of funny because my brother and I were introduced to it the same way. So my parents put me in karate at the age of five. And I still distinctly remember my dad saying that if I'm going to be comfortable, which is like, I don't know if he manifested this for me, but if I'm going to be comfortable for for you to be walking home at 3 a.m. when you're living on your own, I need this. Like almost like I need (laughs) the comfort of knowing that like, you know, karate, you can kick someone's butt. And right. at the time I was like, that's lame. Um, but I am, so, and I hated karate all throughout, like kicking and screaming, not in like the, not in like the fun way. Like I literally hated it. I wanted to quit, but, um, yeah, but <laughs> literally kicking and screaming, <laughs> literally kicking and screaming. Fair. Um, but in hindsight, like I am so happy I did it. I just have this, like, I think I had just have a little bit more of a confidence. Um, right. I don't know why, but I do. And well, I think it instills like a self of a self yeah. esteem and like kind of like an idea that you can yeah you can defend yourself even yeah. if that's not because we were exactly put through <laughs> like we were put through like quite a lot of like to get my black belt I went through like a four I can't hour you have your black belt yeah <laughs> I don't know if I ever knew that about you really I do I don't think so I've I've had people I, think I'm lying and I'm like it's literally sitting on my shelf at my parents' place so like I can show see that's you super bitches. badass and I also think that that's something that you should put like in a dating profile because I think that's. I think I have maybe once (laughs) and like someone hasn't believed me and I was like, okay, if you don't, if you don't believe me, then I'll just kick your ass. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I I went to karate as a kid too, but I think I only made it to like green belt or something. Like the normal one, but I was on the poster. Me and my brother were on the poster at the front Get of the karate out. place. What? Yeah, I need to find that picture. It's hilarious. You please do. Like yeah. you have to. But <laughs> but definitely I mean, did like, not have the perseverance to get to black belt like you did. Well, it just was like I and there's like ugh, my dad will tell the story all the time. But I was at my brown stripe, so that's like the okay. one right before your black belt. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm so ready to quit. Like I don't want to do this. You were. Mm-hmm. I had to go like multiple times a week in order to like get the hours and blah 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 have the grading. Right. And I was like, I want to quit. And he's like, okay, fine. Then like you can quit. But I was so close to just like getting my black belt and leaving. And I was like, no, like I'm going to be seen as a quitter. And he, he like to this day, that was like, I was 12. 
And he was like, oh my God. you are not a quitter. But anyway, <laughs> on the point of safety, it was like we had to go through this like rigorous process, like a four-hour grading process where we're like, you know, like using literal weapons um, yeah. and you're like – you're sparring and you're breaking boards and like all of this stuff. And so like 12, 13 year old Aline is like doing all that stuff. And I just, that was instilled in me so early that like, right. I'm strong and I can, I can do, I don't know. I can take care of myself, I guess. But Damn, it was yeah, also like, really cool. but it was also like then growing up curfews would be different. And my parents, like as much as they tried for it to be like, my dad would always say, no, it's not because you're a girl and he's a boy. And my mom was like, it is because you're a girl and he's a boy because things happen to girls and they don't happen to boys. Like, she's like, I'm not going to sugarcoat right. it. Like, it's not as safe the for only you out there. That, right. And I think the only thing that always used to bother me about that the most is that, like, the consequences of that truth fall yes. on the child. Yeah. And that's, like, the one thing that I find, like, so, so unfair. A hundred percent. Instead but like, of us raising our boys yeah. differently and, like, talking about consent and talking about how important it is to, like, leave girls and just people alone, in, in mm-hmm. general, alone in public. Yeah. It's, like, girls have to walk around literally in fear. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's so we true. Think that something's going to happen to us and because they do happen to us. It, But that's exactly it. There's, like, it happens yeah. all the time and you always – only ever hear of like x amount of girls were abducted or like blah 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 like i used to have like very genuine fear like Mm -hmm. i'd get off the school bus and it was a two block walk back to my place and on my parents street there's like one row of bushes like a tiny row and it's just like a privacy bush for someone's backyard and walking by that bush used to terrify me because i was like well what if someone like my imagination obviously started very young, but like, yeah, what if course. someone's hiding in those bushes and they're like waiting at this time for mm-hmm. a kid to be walking home from school? Like, it's so fucked up, but it ha- it happens. No, it's so, crazy like, that we're we're thinking that way so young. I know. It really, it really freaks me out that our brains are kind of trained to be like on the the alert and like. I remember one story specifically where we were in Florida because I feel like every other April we used to like go down to Florida for because me and my brother have the same birthday basically. It's like April Mm -hmm. 11th and April 12th. So they kind of just like would tag team it and we'd go down to Florida with my mom. And my mom and I went for like a jog and I kind of like went ahead of her or something or I was like behind her whatever it was. I was kind of like alone on the side of this busy road. And I was in a sports bra and a like and just like shorts whatever but yeah. i couldn't have been older than i don't know what's grade six i think you're like 11 12 right and i had so i had like three different trucks like honk at me and yell things out the thing and i literally remember being so scared and so embarrassed because i was like oh my god like they're looking at my body me thinking like soccer practice mind was like oh like i just want it's so hot yes I'm not used yeah to it being yeah this hot. i'm just gonna run and sports bra is like a generous term. I was like, you know what I mean? I wasn't holding up much. But I remember coming back and I was like so uncomfortable. But at the same time, because I was so insecure about my body, there's like this twisted like Stockholm syndrome that happens. I know where it's that like, you're like, Ooh. It also provides you validation. I know. It's And so I think weird. when you're feeling insecure about your body, you know that it feels icky, but you're also like, oh, they think I'm the val- hot. And yeah. that's a good thing because we're trained also so early and so young to seek validation externally mm-hmm. and from men, from men that you would never in a million years want to date for yeah. some reason, get this like Royal honor of getting to call you hot on the street. And I was like, I remember when I was a few years older, I was like, wow, that's really freaking creepy. D- yeah. I know. I'm As you're explaining it, I'm like, that's so disgusting to me. Like I'm like oh revolted God. inside. It's insane. Totally. But it's how people talk. It's, it is it's so interesting too, because I remember one time my mom and this is in no way trying to call her out. I think it's just indicative of kind of the relationship that we have with this external validation. Is like yeah. I remember telling her how, how uncomfortable I was one time when I got catcalled when I was like walking or biking or something. Someone mm-hmm. yelled something outside their car and I was like feeling icky obviously because I'm like who is this random person? And I told my mom that I was really annoyed that I can't like walk places. And she was like, well, count your blessings because one day you're going to be old 
and you're not going to get catcalled anymore yeah. and you're going to wish that you were. And I remember There's comedians that, that have like used like, that as a joke, like as a thing of their joke that it's like they miss right. being catcalled or whatever. Right. And I'm like, it's so interesting to me because I'm like, it just it's just very demonstrative of yeah. the point that we're making where it's like that external validation for some reason like weighs something yeah. more than like the assaultingness of being like I know yelled at <laughs> on the street. I know. And it's just like what's been ingrained in us. But like do totally. your did your dad ever I always find sometimes it's like the moms like may instill a little bit more of like the fear. And mm. it was my dad. So it was my mom. She also grew up, I would say, like in a smaller town than Toronto, um, in a smaller city. So coming to like a bigger city, she kind of just was naturally like a little bit more fearful of things. Um, And whereas my dad, like, you know, coming from like Turkey and like whatever, he was very much (laughs) more like um, went on the strength part of it. And so right. were your was there a difference between your parents or like did your dad how did they introduce it to you like or was yeah, it just kind of question. like this is how things are I honestly don't really remember like too many specific conversations with my dad or my mom I only know that like the tone of conversation was always different and I mm-hmm. feel like when you're young you for feel different like for you and your brother for or me like versus between, my brother yeah. sorry yeah so like I think for me it was so interesting because I think kids are so much smarter than we give them credit mm-hmm. for. And I think picking up on intonation and stuff yep. like that is so – it happens, like, far more often than I think I even thought until, like, later I'm like, oh, I really picked up on a lot of nuance there. Yes, yeah, <laughs> But um, I think, like, my brother was able to stay out a lot later than mm-hmm. me much earlier on. Mm-hmm. And I think the kind of language that was always used about why was just, like – they were just never worried about him the way that they were worried about me if I stayed out past curfew or if I was like out drinking um, or doing any of these things. Like my brother used to get home absolutely loaded. Yeah. And my mom would think it was hilarious. Whereas if I came home loaded, it would be like, you're safe. That's irresponsible. Or yeah, like just like you're being an idiot kind of thing. And also like my brother was being an idiot too, but like just the, there wasn't that sense of worry. It was from like a humor. Like it was like funny that my brother was drinking and it was like, why would I put myself? I don't know. It just. But it, you know it, what, though, I also think about that. Sorry to interrupt you, but like I also no, no, think no. about that because I'm like, that's not. It's also like not on your mom because. Oh no, so not what at all. My mom always used to say is that like I trust you. I don't trust everyone else around you. Like right. I trust you on the road when I would drive. I trust you on the road. I don't trust other drivers. I trust you right. when you're going out. I don't trust everyone else. So they have to equip us because they're not the ones that are raising the men that we're going to meet. They can raise right. like your brother and, I think and my brother and they have and they've done a good job, but they mm-hmm. can't raise, they don't have a say in, you know, the Tom, Dick or Harry that we meet at a club. So totally. they have to equip the us Chad, Brad, as and best. Thad. Yeah. Yeah. That's more like it actually, but they have to equip us with the best possible Re- tools i guess for yeah. lack of a better word but like the best possible tools so that we are safe because it is the 100%. reality of i don't the situation. fault my parents even yeah. like even in the slightest it's just more of like an it comes from a place of curiosity because i'm yes. like yeah, it's yeah. so interesting that i think subconsciously we raise boys and girls differently we because do. of these inherent risks that are just so different like and i i don't know I, I'm trying to think of like specific instances when I was young where it was like, oh, you can't do that or you can't do that. And I honestly just like don't have the greatest memory sometimes when it comes <laughs> to things like that. I know that obviously like my dad was quite protective and quite like worried. He was like a bit of a worry wart whenever we were out. Like he'd be like, okay, like when are you coming home? Like let me know when you're yeah. home. Like he was obviously like very protective in that sense where he yeah. just like wanted to make sure that we were safe. Um, And the conversation around boys was always that like boys are only thinking about one thing kind of thing I always we've talked about this like not like other in one of our other episodes but it's like demonizing my guy friends because like and insinuating that they only really care about me because I'm a girl and because they have feelings for me and I think sexualizing those kind of relationships really young also isn't super helpful because it doesn't really like level the playing field in a way then you don't feel safe in your own friend group totally and it makes me it made me feel like 
my all my guy friends did have ulterior motives and that they would yeah like stop being friends with me if like yeah. sex was off the table or if hooking up was off the table which obviously ended up not being the case with the majority of my guy friends since I'm still very close with a lot of them now I hooked up with some of them obviously we <laughs> talked about that too but <laughs> um so maybe they weren't 100% wrong on all counts but I do think that like shrouding this like oh well boys will be boys guys are just different like they're thinking about sex all the time I was like I was also thinking about sex all the time <laughs> so okay you know what I mean this is also funny remember how I was like back when we did have this episode I was like yeah. I need them to respect me because I was mm. like if they respect me and if they're whatever then I'll be safe that's like a safety thing yeah too. I rem- like, that, they like won't turn mechanism. on me because they respect me or they like see me like and that respect has come with because you haven't given them anything sexually right which is like also, why we have it, this like and then it was like this flip that i was like okay like can you call me pretty sometimes <laughs> yeah but do you think that i'm cute do i look nice <laughs> in this dress like please help me <laughs> like i'm not just your friend okay i know there's yeah, so much there's so many intersections I of know. it where it's like they often contradict each other and they often don't make sense in one another but it's because we often get raised in a way both socially culturally and like with our parenting styles like that like that contradict each other and that yeah cancel one another out you know what i mean where it's like well make sure that you walk home with one of your guy friends but your guy friends only think about sex but they'll take care of you because they're men and they're stronger than you and you're like well what the fuck is up and what is down like i don't know oh my god it's insane but like i remember the one thing about like the curfews being different used to just drive me absolutely crazy because i was just like i am in like my brother was way younger than me he got to have keggers he got to do this and i just I felt like the worry about my safety was always there, but I don't know if it was like necessarily like, I don't think the language was really surrounding why, you know what I mean? Yes. In general, like not even just with my parents, but like even within my friend groups, like why their curfews were different or whatever. Like nobody was really talking about it within like a safety. Yeah. Like they were talking about within a safety framework, but like, I don't know. I think I always, I also always remember my parents used to say that like, I don't care what you do as long as you're safe. So like, I don't, they, and I think right. about that, like they never stopped me from doing anything. If mm. they, it wasn't like you can't go to a party because there's going to be boys there and we don't want you. Like oh, it yeah, was very not. much like just as long as you're safe, do whatever the hell you want. Like you right. can go traveling as long as you're being safe. You can go away for school as long as you're being safe. You can go out that night as long as you're being safe. Like just have, they're like, we don't care but about it was always anything except tone. your safety. Right. And so then that was always also like in the forefront of my mind when I was doing mm. quite literally anything. I mean, yeah, obviously when you're like traveling or living away from home or blah, 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 you get into unsafe situations for, for sure. sure. I um, went bridge jumping. But I paid a guy $20 to do it off of a transport bridge in Ecuador. Wait, what? <laughs> I literally went like bungee jumping off of a bridge like a transport bridge in Banos, ecuador yeah and i paid a guy 20 bucks to do it it was like he was known in the community to do it but okay, and i didn't cool. tell any of my family until afterwards i just sent them a video Hilarious. and my family was actually pretty chill about it well they were just like thank you for sending it to me after you already yes, did it yeah, and yeah, that you're yeah. alive because if you told me beforehand i would have literally flown down and like yeah. kidnapped you and brought you yeah. home <laughs> well i went to paris and now and i would the, never do it that scares the shit out of me that is when you said 20 bucks i was like 20 bucks u.s <laughs> Kristen, that's like you're not making a case here. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. So it's like thirty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah, that's when one of those I, things when I'm gonna look back on when I was when I'm older and be like, I was so dumb. <laughs> so dumb. But I went to I Paris when I was we went seventeen. Lunch and I was so shaky. Shaky. You went to Paris when, yeah, yeah. I went to Paris when I was seventeen, and then the following year, literally the next year, Taken came out, and it was oh, based God. in Paris. And my mom's like, if I saw this movie last year. There's no you would not way have gone hell. because yeah. knowing me, I love the French culture. I love French. If some language. sexy dude from the airport was like, "We should go to this party," someone like, when I was in Paris, someone said, "Have you That's seen the Eiffel Tower?" And I was like, "I'm gonna marry that man. You just watch." Yeah, like this guy's <laughs> gonna be getting it. <laughs> Hello. Anyway, um, so do you have like cool stories? I want to hear. Well, not cool. Cool stories. Do I have cool stories about getting <laughs> fun little or? stories. Um. I like, mean, I just have like a lot of any like, incidents that have happened. I mean, honestly, and I was thinking about this when we wanted to do this episode. Where I was like, oh, let me get in like the the data mining and just like get in the back like recesses of my brain and see any of these fun traumatizing stories. Yeah. And I think the one thing that I realized, which I think is very sad, is that to be like a woman or like a marginalized person in an urban environment 
it's just so commonplace that mm-hmm. I think it's, it becomes a defense mechanism, A, to joke about it. Yeah. And it- to be, um, you kind of have to like let it flow off your back. Because if you, I, other than like obviously some key, like there's obviously like yeah, yeah, yeah. incidents that stick out in your brain because they're like particularly traumatizing or people that have obviously been assaulted. But I have so many different stories and they just all kind of blend together. You know what I, I mean? Know, and it's like, because they are and all it's so the same sad theme. to me because they just happen all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I think of one in particular. Well, I mean, I think of a bunch. Yeah, again, like they all kind of like meld together. But I, I'd say like the one biggest thing that I always used to remember, um, I was living like at Deferon and Queen, which is like a pretty like hustle bustle area. It's a pretty like busy, a busy area. There's area. a lot of folks. Um, there's like a pretty large... I would say there's like, a kind of a relatively high op- crime rate. There's a high crime rate. There's also like the KMHs there. Yeah. Um. So there's a lot of folks that are struggling with their mental well-being and a lot of folks that are unhoused and just like a lot of bars that are like frequented by a lot of young people. So it's kind of like a, a melting pot for like everything. <laughs> all of the, yeah, just yeah. like a lot of folks. And I was working in the West End too and I'd often like walk or bike. And I remember like whenever I'd close the restaurant, like the the lengths that I would go to to like obviously you keep your head down I would never like have both of my headphones in Mm -hmm. um or if I did like I'd be listening to something like super low just so that I would like know if anybody was following me and it was just like a very commonplace thing to get Mm -hmm. shouted at or like have people like like kind of whisper things under their breath at you or whatever um but I just remembered like it wasn't specifically any incidents but it was just like the the mindset that I would have to get myself into to walk home Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You have like, to pump yourself up. I'd more. have to put like this guard up. I'd have to become a bit of an asshole because you can't just be like, hey, like, how's it going? Because then that's like introducing a conversation. They're going to stop you. They're going to ask yeah. you to get a drink or whatever. And I, like, and like one thing that I wanted <sighs> to preface really like yeah. strongly is that it doesn't really matter what you look like. It de- like, you know what I mean? Obviously having pretty no. privilege like does something in certain circumstances, but I, I really think that it is first and foremost a power thing it's first and foremost a jackass thing it's something that people like to do to kind of like make a few funny jokes you know what I mean Mm -hmm. or to make you feel uncomfortable because it is a power thing more than anything like I I don't know if you agree with that or not I just think like I have heard like people like they they do this to women to like haha it's kind of funny to scare them and I'm like but right and like I don't like that's wild to me um and then like obviously like the now actually that I have a car because Andres and I uh we got a used car this year I have it in my head that somebody's in my back seat whenever I come back from work Mm -hmm. and like and that's been something that I've had to realize and kind of reckon with as somebody that's like new to owning a car that like I am super cognizant of like where it's parked and actually the other day when I, I borrow a friend's parking spot when I'm working sometimes because he doesn't have a car and it comes with his with his unit uh there was like a a very drunk gentleman that was kind of walking around and yelling belligerently mm-hmm. in the parking lot and we were coming back and it was like 12 30 almost one I guess and he started walking at us as I was trying to get into the car and I had to kind of like run into the car and mm-hmm. press lo- like the lock and I was with a friend that was obviously scared shitless and I don't think the gentleman was like well but it, it just scared the absolute shit out of yeah. me because I was like I don't feel like I can protect myself necessarily from like a full-grown man like I, I genuinely don't think I can and that power imbalance even if the person isn't like cognitively aware and I still feel like I can it's be bested scary. I think that's the one thing that I don't know if like all of my guy friends or just like some men in general understand is like that that vulnerability and that feeling yeah. of being physically outmatched is is quite like terrifying it's quite terrifying yeah yeah it is like just knowing deep down that like I could fight and I could struggle and I could like within like an inch of my life and I probably still like could be physically outmatched that's a very scary feeling and it makes you behave differently it it does so when a guy approaches you in the bar and he's like can I get you a drink? Can I do this? And he's coming on really strong. I'm approaching that situation from a safety perspective rather than a flirty dude perspective. Yes, me too. And I don't think guys, especially guys when I was in university, really understood that. And I don't no. know if you've had similar instances where it's like, well, why are you being like this or whatever? Yeah, it's like, of course. I don't know you. I don't know you. Well, what's and funny is that- I don't know what you want to do. When we've like talked about like dating and stuff, 
yeah. and like rejection and blah, 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 is that like, I actually think about that from a safety perspective. So if I'm going to reject somebody and mm. like, obviously, like if I'm in a relationship, I'll have the conversation because at that point I know them. But I like, if I go out on like one or two dates or three dates or whatever it is, and I'm not feeling it, I will not reject them in person. And if they're like, let's go to another, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Like, sure. And then I'll come home and in person, you're saying you'll, you'll, you'll be okay. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I don't want, I don't even want to open the door for you. I don't know what you'll do. So I don't, I don't want to be facing you when you potentially get mad or I don't know. Like, I don't know. So I'm going to, and I think think people that maybe have that reaction to be like, oh, that's a little over dramatic. We could probably pull up. I have so many. A a hundred articles of people that have rejected men. And in that moment, they have literally been either murdered or stalked or assaulted or whatever. Yeah. So people that are like, oh, well, like not all men. It's a little dramatic. It's it's enough men though that it's socialized our behavior in such a way that I walk differently when I'm alone at night. And I am super cognizant of my surroundings and you are the same and you're literally going out of your way to protect your safety because you don't know how they're going to react yeah. if you reject them and if that doesn't say anything about how we're raising men I don't know what I know does. I know because I honestly think and I'm not trying to call people out right now but I, I do think it's a failing of parenting and I do think it's a failing of parenting particularly of I guess it's both the, the women and like it's both like the both parents that are responsible yeah but I think having a lack of vulnerability from a parent especially a dad, I think is really, really hard to raise a super they don't have a male emotionally figure aware. To look at. Right. And I think having an absence of like emotional awareness or vulnerability, especially from the father figure is really detrimental. And I also think having a mom that doesn't see any wrongdoing in what their sons yeah. do and, and enables bad behavior when they see it because they see it in their husband as well. I think that's toxic as shit. And I think that's why we have a lot of really fucked up dudes that feel like they are entitled to women's bodies. <laughs> you I know, know what I mean? It's insane. And if but you're, if I mean, you're like a dude listening to this. Do like, no. I mean, I say this because I'm like, sometimes they just don't have the, it's like they have, some people don't have a man in their life, like a father figure in their life. And totally. they end up doing the work themselves. And I 100%. fucking commend those guys like. Oh, absolutely. I'll clap for them till the and end. And again, like it's easy to talk in generalizations. Yeah, Obviously, totally. there's going to be people that have terrible parents that end up doing incredible things and become like vulnerable and aware and all these different things. Of course, I'm just saying in generalities, yes, I do think yes, that there's a totally. failing in parenting to not raising emotionally mature yeah. and like consenting, like men that know about consent. Yeah. <laughs> like you teach comes from women how to be reactive yeah. As opposed well, misogyny to... comes from the home 100%. Yes. Like, there's jokes that have happened in my house that like looking back, I'm like, well, fuck, like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. gnarly. You know what I mean? And if I had the words to defend the, the, it at that time, I would have. But like yeah. you kind of grow up and you're like, oh, I guess, I guess it's that's funny. Just normal. To, to, I guess it's funny to make fun of women all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of hilarious. Just kidding. It's LOL. not. But what's crazy when you were talking about the car, I remember mm-hmm. in university, I used to drive to a subway station and then okay. um, like take the subway down to school. This was when I was right. at, still at Ryerson and I parked my car one day and then I came back at like five, six, seven o'clock or whatever it was and it was dark and there was a white van parked on the driver's side of my thing. See, that's actually a warning sign. And that's a warning sign. So I actually use the key Instead of mm-hmm. like the automatic unlock, I use the mm-hmm. key to get in through my passenger side and crawl into my driver's side. Right. Because Which I'm is like, what they recommend you doing. Which is what they recommend you doing. But I think I've told somebody that and they were like, get out of here. That's so extreme. And I was like, no. Um, like, it's that's actually, actually not because that takes 30 seconds thing. and then that makes sure that I don't get abducted. So. Yeah. And then the other day I picked up a friend from her condo and I pulled up to her to like to the door and when mm-hmm. I put my car in park, obviously, like, the car doors automatically unlock. And instinctively, I locked it. I didn't even realize that I did that. Mm. So when she came out and tried to open my door, my car door was locked. And I was like, oh, right. I must look like an idiot a little bit. Because, like, you just pulled up. I'm just coming out. But it was so instinctive yeah, yeah, yeah. to lock my door the minute that it went in park that... That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. There's been so many... I mean, many- by funny, I mean not funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, how, LOL. It's so Hilarious. funny you for your life. I've had so many... I've actually had, like quite a few instances there was one in high school wow this one was a little bit scary actually but I was doing a show and so I had to leave school early I had like a matinee 
And so I left, I drove downtown. It was at like Bathurst and Bloor and I parked in, and this is midday, like 11 a.m. I'm probably getting there. Right. I parked at the same green pea that I always park at. And my parents were like, hey, can you text us when you get there? And I was like, sure. So I'm turn like I, I almost like take a side street to like to go. I don't know. But there's a high school right there. And so I was taking this side street and I noticed right at the corner of where on the opposite corner of the building that I was going into, there's uh, like a car repair shop. So I'll often okay. see like cars on the sidewalk of like whatever. And I just I just know that like it's probably part of this car repair shop. But I noticed one of the cars on the sidewalk was on like I saw smoke coming out of the exhaust. So instead of like walking on the sidewalk, I decided to walk on the road so that I'm at least away from the door. Right. Right. Like I'm like this car looks like it's on. I kind of thought I saw somebody in there, but I took out my phone because I could see the building I was going into and I I was going to like rush in and start getting ready for the show. And I texted my parents saying, I'm just, I just got here or whatever. And there mm. happened to be a man in that car who stuck his head out of the, out of the car door and said, Hey, uh, my phone died. Get in my car so I can use yours. Um, and oh I well. stared at him. I like full stared at him walked and then i was like fuck i don't want this guy to see the building i'm walking into and so at the other corner there's this like big electrical box and so i turned the corner slash Mm -hmm. went in front of the electrical box so it looks like i was turning down to walk down bathurst like south on bathurst and then i saw two friends who were walking across the street and i screamed at them like hey can you guys wait for me to go into the building and so i crossed the building i crossed the street and went into the building i was so like I shaken was up. calm at that That's point. That's terrifying. But I was so shaken up. I just like the minute someone was like, hey, how are you? I like instantly broke down. I was shaking. I was so wow. scared. And so I started telling people and they're like, holy shit, like we need to call the cops. So we called the cops and cops came and I'm like literally mid getting ready to do freaking West Side Story. Insane. And the show's at one <laughs> Multitasking to multitasking, the- Multitasking. And they're like, hey, Aileen, do you mind coming out and like talking to the cops, like giving them a description of like the man that you saw, the car, blah, blah, blah. So right. half hour before show, I was like telling him like it was, you know, like this car and like this is kind of what he looked like. And they're like, and I was like, I don't know if I'm just being dramatic, like obviously like a little bit gaslighting myself. And they're like, no, if this man Classic. is saying that to you and parked outside of high school, like he's a- he's a predator like he's a probably a known like sex offender and so we need you to make these we need you to say it because then we'll have it on file and i I had to get one of the guys they'll know yeah so i had to get one of the guys to walk me to my car and it was like maybe around like three or four so it was still light out like it wasn't dark where i'm like i don't know what i'm doing but i was so scared to walk back to my car and I've just like had other instances I mean, no doubt. Like, of course. where like specifically that, for some reason, that parking lot. But I grabbed a burrito one time and I was walking back and there was a man on that street screaming obscenities who was also oh. like not doing well. And I, li- there was a couple in front of me and I literally lined myself up with this couple and they were like, and I was like, hey, I'm so sorry. Do you mind if I walk with you a little bit? My car's just down that way. And there's a man screaming like, I'm going to mm-hmm. fucking kill you. Not, I don't know oh, if it was to casual. me, but like that kind of stuff. So just I was in like, general. Yeah, Just yeah, in general. Yeah. So I was like, I just need to do a couple of laps until he leaves or like whatever. Totally. And they were like, do you want us to walk into your car? And I was like, yeah, actually, do you mind? So they walked me to my car. That's so sweet. But the safety in me was also like, well, I still don't know you guys. Like you could just as much be <laughs> You're like, who killers. can I trust? Yeah. So I got them to wait at the entrance of the parking garage so they wouldn't see. see what car I went into. But like. Oh my God. That's like the extreme. I was so terrified. But like. You're like, I can't trust anybody. Anybody. But like you think so <laughs> fast shit. on your feet to be like, okay, like what's safe? How can I keep myself safe? Yeah. How can totally. I do this? Have you ever I noticed everyone... another girl, it happening to another girl actually? Oh, yeah. Oh, actually I have a great. Well, not it's not a great story. I, I have a story <laughs> about. Yeah. You're like, I, I, I know what you mean. Because <laughs> um, I work at a restaurant obviously. And. There was these two girls. They were so sweet. They were visiting from Montreal. Our restaurant is like owned by like a French, like it it started in Montreal. So like a lot of people that visit from Montreal like to visit this restaurant. So they were outside on the patio. This was in the summer. They were so sweet. And they were kind of like asking tables around us or around them, like 
where would be a fun place to go out where would you guys recommend like is it safe to go this way or whatever yeah. i think they were like a little bit overwhelmed by i guess spoiler alert my restaurant's on king so like that's no surprise because king is a bit of a cesspool mm-hmm. king west especially so we were giving i gave, i wrote down like a handful of like the kind of i, I get that question a lot because like we got a lot of visitors so like mm-hmm. like and tourists in the area so i was yeah, like yeah. here are like the five whatever it's like petty cash and all those fucking places <laughs> that you couldn't catch any dead in but are fun for like a night out if you're visiting on king west yeah and there was these two dudes sitting across from them and they were like when i say the worst i'm not being like oh they were the worst like they were the worst 10 out of 10 terry yeah they were really really bad he was the one dude that was kind of like the head honcho of this whole insecure operation <laughs> was uh just such a dickwad and he was giving me tips on how to make my martinis oh god he was like yeah honestly if you had more top shot he also was 25 so it's like i don't really know how anyways maybe i'm just being an asshole and an ageist but it just like it wasn't sitting right with me and he also was just like i just hate when people tell other people how to do their job when it's like i'm literally doing my job he was like it's interesting um because you don't really have any top shelf vodka that uh i guess like the really flavors are coming through that i'm not really a big fan of i was like all right uh, i'll get you a sippy cup and I'll be back because you're a fucking tool. Yeah. And I don't sure. – that stuff just, like, completely rolls off. I don't care at all. But it was just, like – it was a warning flag for me because I was like, this guy's a douchebag. And they immediately started talking to every table that were two girls around them on oh the patio. Gosh. Like, not just, like, yelling at them from where they were sitting, standing up and walking over to their table and hovering over pairs of girl women that were oh sitting gosh. and eating dinner. So I was like, okay, this is so terrible because – a, even if you think you're being charming, you're not, just FYI. You're really not being charming. And also, people are eating food and they can't stand up and move away from you because they're sitting at their table. Yeah. You know what no I mean? Exit. So I'm like, dude, you like you have to read this situation and mm-hmm. understand that you're putting these people in a situation where they can't leave. And that's mm-hmm. never a good situation because that means that they're basically forced into having a conversation with you, which is probably what he's used to because he seemed like a fucking jackass. So... He did it to these two older women and they eventually came inside to pay their bill early. Like they hadn't even finished their wine because they were just trying to get away. And I was like, that sucks. I was like, hey guys, I'm so sorry. Like I didn't see that it had gotten to the point where they were obviously so uncomfortable. And I was inside because I was also on the bar. So it was like very busy. Like I wasn't like in a position to be like Mm -hmm. running outside all the time. Mm -hmm. And then these two French girls um, were getting talked to and they were like laughing, but I couldn't read whether they were laughing uncomfortably or laughing like, they were into it. Yeah. And I didn't also want to be putting them in a victim position if they, they also weren't. But like, like my oftentimes, how many times have you laughed so that you're like That's what I'm saying. You don't like You're placating. Yes. Totally. So I couldn't but I couldn't get a read on it. So I was like, I'm not gonna put make the make these women like victims if they're if they're having a good time mm-hmm. with these people. Even though I wouldn't be caught dead talking to this dude. No. <laughs> but that's what that's a me thing. Um but eventually they came to pay their bill and we snuck not a joke snuck them out the back door of our restaurant like out the side door of our restaurant because they pretended they said they had to go to the bathroom but it was really because they didn't want to go back out the front because they were waiting for them to take them out to a bar and they didn't want to go with them because they didn't feel safe oh my god so i was like no worries the bathroom's out this way and it's also where the side door is like where we do takeout and stuff like that so we told them to go out and then the guys noticed and started walking around the side to meet them and then cornered them at in the in alleyway basically because our place like the side doors in an alley and i stood outside like 10 feet away from them watching to make sure that they would let the girls leave and then i just told myself if they don't let them leave i'll go over and i'll just tell these jackasses to like i'll i'll get more confrontational but um holy luckily they made them give them their numbers and i was like i hope to god that they don't ever follow up and then they let them go their separate ways and i was like oh my god i'm so i'm so glad that they did but it just shows I like cannot. they did not pick up on a single an ounce. No. And I obviously had my spidey senses tingling and yeah, I didn't yeah, even yeah. I gaslit myself like you said. I was like, no, they're probably being, fine. But yeah. they weren't. They genuinely were so uncomfortable. Oh my and I God, wish I had done more. That is so uncomfortable. That's yeah, these two. Fucked. They were like, let me. Oh, yeah. This is the funniest part. And I know you would die. Uh, <laughs> they asked one of the guys like was like, oh, what do you do? And the two girls answered. And then he was like, yeah, I'm in uh, I'm in finance. I guess you could put it as uh, I'm the one that makes the deals. <laughs> I literally was like, dude, are you what? What? Somebody's watched Wolf of, of Wall Street too many fucking times. And I guarantee you this guy is a fucking bank teller. Deals? And I just cannot deal. It was so fucking funny to me. He was like, 
I'm the one that makes the deals. Let me put it that way. <laughs> I was like, Ugh. tell Ugh. me you're the most insecure piece of I'd shit. Vomit. Without telling I would vomit. Oh, it just vomit. killed me. I would how, inst- how hard would you laugh? If I would laugh. That? I would totally like, sincerely, laugh. Sincerely, they told you that. Oh, my God. I if someone said that to me, I would actually laugh in their face and be like, oh, you're being serious. I'm oh, not. Oh, that's this so is embarrassing not that you out. have no humility. Yeah, yeah, you have no humility. Oh, God. There was a couple weeks ago, or not a couple weeks ago, probably like well over a month ago now, I was on a date and we were walking out of the restaurant, like walking to his car. Yeah. And there was this woman crossing, like, we were in the East End. Do you know where the, like, bridge is on Queen East? Yeah, yeah, of course. Broadview-ish area. Mm -hmm. And there was this woman walking, and I just, I don't know what it was, but, like, my spidey senses were tingling. She was by herself, and there was this man, again, not well, and he looked like he was beelining it to her. Like, truly beelining it. And I stopped in my tracks and my date like kept walking and I was like, hey, sorry, sorry. Like, do you mind? I just don't, I think something's going to happen to this girl. And like, I just need to be comfortable that like, it's not. And I was right. He, he blocked her way so that she couldn't move. And there was a guy in front of her and I couldn't tell if him and the other guy that was unwell, if they were like tag team. And I was like, holy shit, this girl like literally can't pass through. So right. I started walking to her to be like, okay. hey, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. Like, as if like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. come with us. Like, or not right, even right, right. like, whatever. And then I noticed that the guy in front of her turned around and he was not part of this crew. He was just like an innocent bystander. And so right. he blocked the man that was unwell and let this woman go through. And I watched him let her walk like quite a bit so that he wasn't directly behind her anymore. What an angel. What an angel. And I was like, oh, okay. See, that's what we need more of. That's what we need. But what's hilarious is we were walking back to my date's car and this man, this like Mm -hmm. unwell man started walking to us. And now he was on, it was like my date, me, and then this man. And my date didn't even bother to like go in between this guy. He had no like, he had no sense of. He had no sense of anything. And so he didn't even go in and I was like, what the fuck like this guy <laughs> like, was literally yeah sc- we're done we just yeah you're done you're done we just watched this man like scream at a woman and you watched me try to like not protect her but whatever watch but over like, her yeah and yeah, the yeah. least you could do you're like six foot whatever and you're gonna let a five foot three girl be like no thank you sir i'm okay sir yeah. blah 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 and then walk to the car and then we get in the car he's like i was kind of scared and i was like you were kind of scared how do you think i fucking felt you're done you're done yeah you're done you're done (laughs) you're done yeah so that's that's on using male privilege to keep other people safe but it's true like they're not gonna get but then at the same time i'm like well don't push it too far because then if you do i'll think that you think that you're better than me and blah 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 There's so many contradictions. So I many it. contradictions. But I also, no, I know. I, I, do, I do think that that is a red flag. Though, yeah. Because when I do think like that, I'm like, you know what? You're, you want, like, I'm one of those that like wants the traditional, like, text me when you're home, walks yeah, on the side of the street. Text when you're home. I even do that for you just so you eventually fall in love with me. Oh my God. I am. <laughs> I'm already there. And it's working. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Like, I'll actually be like, he said, text me when you're home. Like, I know. I love that. We're into it. Anyway. My toxic trait. My to- <laughs> that's my toxic trait 100%. if he doesn't ask me to text him when i'm home he ain't the one sis he, he ain't the one he ain't do you the- have any other stories um i mean i'm sure or do you have things that you do now like do you have any like key between the fingers i actually go full like arthur fists oh so I like instead that. of like the key well you I do have a black belt i do but you know what i do mm. now is i know you said it when you were for your when you were walking home from the bar that you put your head down i keep my head up and i stare people dead ass in the eye oh i like that That's like hot. literally dead Mine, in the mine's eye. more like i just want to look disengaged so oh, it's like not like i'm looking down full, at the floor but i'm like i have, you have a like full, bitch face going. like bitch face like going. the snarl yeah yeah I like that. and there was last summer when i was going on a lot of runs it was so hot in the summertime and i on my way home i just was so hot in my shirt so i took my shirt off and i was just in my sports bra and at mm-hmm. the corner of like my area getting into my neighborhood there's ton of construction going on and so like it was a lot of construction guys like sitting there workers, and yeah. i was like if these guys even attempt to, to make a fucking noise at me 
I'm yeah. going to bark back. I'm literally going to bark. I love that. Yeah. And I just like walked with my shoulders back like and I stared at every single one of them like you fucking try. Try to make yeah, the sound yeah. at me and nobody said a single Like a disapproving, thing. like a disapproving yeah. mother like, figure. Yeah, like if you attempt. Like, yeah. And if people do that, I if people make comments, I tend to laugh at them like it's embarrassing for them. Right. To make them look. I love that. That's that. That is true. Yeah. I tend to laugh like, oh, my God, that's so cute that you think that. That's absolutely hilarious that you feel like you can talk to me. Yeah. That's so darling. That's so darling <laughs> that you think you're on my level. Yeah. 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 You have to Yo, laugh. Yeah. I fucking them. love that. Yeah. I laugh a um, lot. Can I share yeah. one thing that I also. <laughs> yes. It's not what do about you do? actually. See, like, I don't even really know what I do. I just like am scared. <laughs> but it's something that Living I want to do. Fear. It's a, yeah, just constantly living in fear. But I also do. I do. Um, I'm. I'm not a. Uh, I'm not a. Uh, afraid of the snarky comment back or like mm-hmm. saying like telling people to go fuck themselves. But I also am nervous about getting murdered if I do say that. But I anyway. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's just like yeah, obviously. Yeah, it's like yeah, obviously. There's there's a middle ground between mm-hmm. being powerful back and also just like man, don't hurt me. Yeah. Um, but a woman uh, not a woman a 16 year old was abducted in the U- in the US the other day and i saw this news story because she was kidnapped by this like 60 something year old oh, uh douche douche isn't even a strong enough word um asshole monster and was driving through multiple states in order to like kind of lose the police and the girl learned this signal for distress and like that she'd been kidnapped or that she's in like a domestic abuse situation or just like generally unwell yeah. and it's to have like basically do your your palms up to the like I, we're obviously on zoom this is an audio platform but then you tuck your thumb into your palm and then fold your yes, fingers I've over seen that. yeah so um because when obviously domestic abuse started kind of skyrocketing when the during covid covid lockdowns were happening the uh, domestic abuse kind of hotline created that that sim- symbol so when you were on zoom or, or if you were out and about you could signal it to other people and it kind of went viral and this girl was doing it to passersby and somebody noticed and tailed the car and she was saved. Oh my God, no way. She literally was three states away from where she had been abducted. And anyway, so the moral of the story is if you know that symbol, uh, maybe look it up so that you know it so that if you see other people, you can either, you can really save somebody's life yeah. because I really think that's so important to kind of be up on yeah, kind of the news that way. Yeah. Because I was just thinking if that person had never seen that TikTok or that viral video or whatever, he would have yeah. never known what it was and he wouldn't have called 911 and tailed the car and made mm-hmm. sure that she was rescued safe. And I just think that's really incredible because but you never know what you could be following. Like just like you, you on the bridge no idea. with that woman, you have no idea what you could be yeah. seeing. And I think you can you can honestly save people's lives by being mindful of what's going on around you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, there are things that like I think about it and I'm like, there are things that I I do, obviously. I know I like joke about it and say that I'll like laugh at them, but like A, I the reason I look at people in the eye is because I heard that if in the off chance, I say in the mm-hmm. off chance, but let's say that you look somebody in the eye and they were actually going to like assault you, whatever. If you look them in the eye, they get scared because then they know that you can identify them mm, after the fact. I like that. So if you do get away. That you can identify them, so they want they want ease, they want no trouble, right. no fuss, no muss no when fuss, it comes no to muss. their assaulting. I do, I, <laughs> I do the Arthur fists for sure, so that yeah. like if anybody comes to me, I just clock them immediately. I don't have to like right. make the fist; it's already there. <laughs> right, um, very efficient. I definitely i've done the i've done the phone call thing, and I like a fake yeah. phone call. I like there's nobody on the line, and I've like done a fake phone call. I know we've yeah, yeah. called each other a couple times. Yeah, but I just like. Or like there's little things I don't listen to. I listen to – if I'm listening to something, it's on very low volume or mm. like not at all. Um, at night, definitely not at all. Like 10 out of right. 10, I will never listen to something. On yeah, I'm bad with that. I definitely listen to music. During the day for sure. But like it's on relatively low. Um, yeah, like I'm just – and I'm constantly looking around. Constantly. Like I probably yeah, you look like I have – Yeah, you be very aware of your surroundings. Yeah. Especially if you're in a new place or something, like when I'm tra- – we haven't even touched traveling, but we'll make yeah, that we'll a totally separate episode. episode. Traveling, but yeah. I am super aware of where I am to be like, I remember that monument or I remember right. that store. I remember that restaurant so that I'm aware of where I am. But that's yeah, like absolutely. a whole – As like a baseline, just like being cognitive of where you're being yeah. all the time. Yeah, um, it's unfortunate. If I can give any advice, obviously to women, you can just like listen to the, or like to to marginalized people, just like listen to this, and you can get your advice from whatever. But if you're 
a dude, I would say use your powers and your privileges in that situation and speak up and not just speaking up when somebody's being a dickhead and yelling at somebody or making a misogynistic comment, but in the private conversations that you're having that obviously Mm -hmm. we're not privy to. And if you hear one of your friends making a misogynistic comment, there is so much power from it coming from another man and another Mm -hmm. peer that they respect and telling them to shut the fuck up or to actually think about what they're saying or talk about how disrespectful it is. You can find your own words in in doing it, but the the power that comes from those kind of conversations and from somebody that they respect hearing that... I really think that you can break generations and and systems of misogyny by having peers that people respect and and speaking up in those moments. And um, it is a matter of life and death. And I don't mean that lightly. I do think that um, a lot of men know people that have assaulted people, know people that have raped people, know people that have harassed people. Mm -hmm. And those people are still their friends. And And as women, we we know people. We don't. Like or we know people, people or whatever, but we, we don't know, know the, the same wi- way we need, that they we know, know the women's side of like people who have been assaulted and attacked. And, and of course, I mean, fill in the blanks, all of it. Maybe we are I one just of think, them. Like, yeah, 100%. But so, if you can truly say that you can look at all of your friend groups and your extended friends or whatever, and you know that none of them would do that, then you're a lucky person. But I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of people out there that know deep down that they have really problematic friends. And I think that's on those people that know that to yeah, address that behavior. I agree. Because I completely agree. Do your that's part. That's the only maybe. way we get to a point, you know? That's yeah. like the only way that we can stop walking around thinking, like looking over our shoulders all the time. I know. And it's just going to be, and I think like future generations, I will still teach my daughter this way. I just will until until the rest of the world starts catching up. I right. feel like But you'll I'll also just, raise your, your sons differently. 100%. That's like yeah. totally separate. But I will mm-hmm. only feel comfortable raising my daughter this way to like just be on alert because yeah which is devastating honestly it's devastating but i mean it's the truth of the matter and until we see like that changing on the on the men's side or the male side then it's just what needs to be done yeah you know and i'm happy that you're safe i'm happy that you're safe thanks and baby text me when and- you're home honestly always just text me constantly actually (laughs) stream of consciousness style (laughs) never not be texting me yeah for sure um but yeah i'm glad that we can have this conversation and me too it makes you feel like you're not like crazy or like alone and having these like thoughts yeah 100 like, because we got to stop gaslighting ourselves so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the real moral yeah what's the big takeaway that anyway yeah. love you and this listen to your gut honestly wonderful i say that all the time but like just because i'm like is- love having these chats I honestly think that they're important, and I think this is an especially important one. I do too. And I appreciate you telling all your stories. I do too. You and too. And I'm sorry that so many things. I, I know we have many more, probably worse so stories many that more. we just kept in the bank, but. Yeah, so many. Anyway. For another episode, how about that? <laughs> Follow, like, subscribe. <laughs> yeah. Okay, love you all. Love you. This has been Accidental Friends with Aline and Kristen. This podcast was created by us and produced by Chloe Jackson. Thank you so much for listening. You can check us out on our Instagram at Accidental Friends Podcast and our TikTok, Accidental Friends. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review. We love you. See you on Thursday.